Hello again, dear listener. This is the start of the show. Welcome to Fine, a previously recorded evening of storytelling and otherwise. This episode took place on June 24, 2019 at the Lido here in Vancouver, which is on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. You'll be hearing from some of the excellent lineup of writers and comedians we had that night, including Maddie Vu, Savannah Erasmus, Alex Leslie, and Tarek Hussein. And throughout the episode, you'll hear music from Michael and the Slumberland Band, who you can find on iTunes and Bandcamp. The song we started the show with is called Traveler, from their most recent album, Gone Bonkers. And I am your host, Cole Nowicki. To find out more about our upcoming live shows, please visit us at afineshow.com or follow us on the social medias at afineshow. Okay, let's get on with it. Enjoy the show. Up first, we have Vancouver's premier cross-stitch and Fast and the Furious-based stand-up comedian, Maddie Vu. You can catch Maddie's shows, Blood Feud, where stand-up and improv battle it out comedically, and Craft and the Furious, the only comedy show in Craft Night in Town that he's aware of, and Yellow Fever, a comedy show by Asians for non-Asians and also Asians. Here's Maddie. Hello! Uh, my favorite sport, as I untangle myself, is uh, NASCAR. <laughs> you guys a big NASCAR crowd? <laughs> really? Really? Who's your favorite every day? It's not every day. I... <laughs> NASCAR's not an everyday sport. <laughs> Evans, once a weekend, usually on Sundays. <laughs> Are you just being supportive or do you like NASCAR? Because I just want to talk to someone about NASCAR and now ignore everybody else. <laughs> I get it. NASCAR is not for you guys. It's not for me, you know, as a person of color. <laughs> like, I really want to go to a race, but they're all in the South, and the South is scary. Um, but it seems like a fun time because there's, like, so much garbage food and... You get to feel the engine noise of the cars and like smell the tire smoke. Uh, you guys don't care about that. That's very important to me. <laughs> but I know I'm going to spend my whole time at the NASCAR race uh, just avoiding some man calling me a Chinaman, which is very uncomfortable because I'm not even Chinese. <laughs> it is my favorite racial term, though, because it's very stupid. <laughs> like if China had a Captain America, they would call him Chinaman. <laughs> I was scared how that racist joke would come off in this crowd. <laughs> I was like, these are very cool progressive people. This is a weird way to start. Uh, I watched, yeah, I like the sport because like, it's very intense and then I cry at the end of every race. I, I cry at the end of all sports. The basketball, I didn't care about. I watched it and then I cried when the man lifted the trophy. <laughs> Doesn't matter what sport it is, lift a trophy, I will cry. <laughs> Uh, I'm big into cars because like, I grew up watching Fast and the Furious. It's like my favorite movie franchise ever. You guys... It's also the greatest mo uh, superhero franchise. You guys don't believe me that they're superheroes. Uh, let me just break it down for you. In the first Fast and the Furious, they were a bunch of teens, I think. They never explained their ages. <laughs> who steal DVD players. <laughs> this is how old this movie is. And now... <laughs> Eight movies later, Vin Diesel and The Rock fight a submarine <laughs> with cars. <laughs> Stealing DVD players, fighting a nuclear submarine with cars. <laughs> They're superheroes. Their superpower is cars. <laughs> I love the movie uh, franchise so much, I bought the car that Paul Walker drove in Too Fast, Too Furious. You know, the worst one. It's like if you spent thousands of dollars on a Jar Jar Binks outfit and then it broke down on you constantly. That was my life. Uh, I sold it because it broke all the time. I have a scooter now. It's pretty fun. You guys are looking at me like, yeah, he suits a scooter more. <laughs> I like wearing a scarf in my scooter because in my mind, it's like a fun Italian movie. Is it like, <laughs> 
In reality, it's just a major choking hazard. <laughs> uh, I drive a lot of Cardigos. You guys a Cardigo crowd? <laughs> Cardigos are great. They're the best. Uh, the best thing is they're not yours, and who cares about them? <laughs> I had one break down on me in traffic. Cars break. It's fine. No big deal. Uh, I was in like on First Ave, a major rush hour situation. It breaks in the intersection. I just like get out <laughs> and just start walking away. <laughs> the car that was behind me was like, "Hey, you gonna deal with this?" I'm like, it's not mine. <laughs> As I open a new car to go. <laughs> See you later, dude. Uh, Cardigo people, have you ever locked your phone in a car to go? Because that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Because there's no way to open it. Because you need your phone. It's stupid. What a stupid system. <laughs> what you have to do if you lock your phone in a car to go is uh, you uh, stand there <laughs> and wait <laughs> for a stranger to come by. <laughs> and because it's Vancouver, uh, strangers don't talk to you or make eye contact. So it's very hard. So you're like, you have to convince this stranger to talk to you. And then. Uh, download an app on their phone <laughs> with their credit card <laughs> and let you in. Luckily, I look like a lost child, so it happened. <laughs> Very nice. Um, who else? Who am I missing in this crowd? Bus crowd? You guys, who's the bus? Sick. I, the buses are fine. Uh, like, since I got rid of that fast car from the Fast and the Furious, I don't have, like, uh, things that go f quick. And I don't get that, like, you know that adrenaline rush when you pass someone? It's kind of fun. And now the only way I get that is uh, if the 99 passes the 9 on Broadway. <laughs> Very specific joke to this street! <laughs> uh, does anybody here have a baby? Good. <laughs> I was like, if you're here on a Monday night and you have a kid, yikes. Uh, I, I'm in my 30s and I don't have a kid and my mom gets on my case a lot. And she's like, someone of your age should have a kid. It's very unlucky in our culture. At my age, my mom had six kids. She was the unlucky one. <laughs> someone, someone gets it. Uh, she also says when I'm older, like I should have kids, so when I'm older, I'll have someone to take care of me, which is very concerning, because that assumes that I'm going to have to take care of her when she's older. And I can't take care of her and a baby <laughs> and myself. That's three more people than I can currently handle. Some of you have done the math, and you're like, there's six of you. Why is she going to you? I'm her best option, and I'm standing in front of you right now, so... <laughs> Things aren't looking good for Mama Vu. <laughs> I think one of the big things is like I don't do drugs. Like I don't like I've never, I like I don't like pot. I don't get pot. I'm not like a little pot boy or whatever they're called. <laughs> I did go to a dispensary though once it became legal because I'm a square and I like rules. Uh, <laughs> and I walked in. And I was like, "Excuse me, uh, pot uh, man. <laughs> Could I please have one pot bath bomb?" <laughs> because I still don't want to do drugs, but I want to be soft. <laughs> and I hear they help your muscles from stop hurting, and my muscles are in constant pain. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to give my mom a kid. I am not stealing a kid or anything. Um, I'm, uh, two of my friends want to have a baby, and they've asked for my help, which is fine. Uh, makes sense. Two women want to have a baby. They ask their friend, who most dresses like a lesbian. <laughs> There's a lot of conversations going on. There's like a big email thread between uh, the couple and then their lawyer and me and my lawyer. And it's just four more people than normal talking about my cum. <laughs> I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> to me, it's like a neighbor coming over and asking for a glass of milk. <laughs> my milk is real gross. How much time have I been? Um, Like, I'm not going to have my own baby because, like, I'm uh, bad with women. You guys convinced that I fuck women? 
That was too big of a laugh from you. <laughs> uh, like, I am bad at flirting. Everything I learned about flirting, I've learned from being at the mall and having men try to take me home with them. Because <laughs> one time, I was buying jeans, and a man came up to me and was like, hey, do you want to come over and watch scary movies with me? And then I did. I did have a, a lady over. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> uh, she came over, and uh, we went to my bed to do uh, bed stuff. <laughs> when she like immediately started laughing at me, I was like, hey, what's the deal, lady? And she said, I had too many decorative pillows in my bed. <laughs> First off, no such thing as too many decorative pillows. <laughs> Secondly, maybe you date too many men who have their mattress on the floor. <laughs> it's always a woman in the front row who claps because <laughs> it's too real of a thing. Men buy bed frames. They are cheap. Um, and also, lady, get out of my bed. I'm saving my cum for the lesbians. All right, thanks, bye. Up next is Alex Leslie. Alex has published two books of stories, People Who Disappear, which was shortlisted for a Lambda Award for debut fiction, and We All Need to Eat, shortlisted for a BC Book Prize for fiction. She's also published a collection of prose poems, The Things I Heard About You, and a second book of poems, Vancouver for Beginners, is out now with Book Hug. Here's Alex. Thanks, Maddie. That's like the most lesbian jokes I've ever followed. Reading my poetry. It's awesome. Anyway, um, I'm going to read from, um, well, first of all, thanks for Cole for inviting me to read, and thank you to the Lido for hosting this event. Um, I'm going to read some poems from my collection that's coming out this fall from a press called Book Hug. And um, the book is called Vancouver for Beginners. The bridges. There are entire neighborhoods you need to forgive. Streets, guttered, daylighted creeks, morning, and your legs still walking home. The ocean slumps at the end of the phone line. You sold this friendship to the pawn shop three different times before it finally stayed there. You had the good sense to buy it back. On this city hill, homeowners leave computers in the alleys for students who rove in hungry from the forests, who rise with the heat from basement suites. Are you sure about leaving again this time? You can cut your ties with stories, but not with certain bus stops. Teen-steamed glass booth in the long wait of spinal tap rain, a waist donning in a white brick stairwell, salt under your fingernails, the morning's widow's walk around the seawall, gulls chanting your name, the climb to the turret where you grew up. The reefs of bus cables against cloud line, bridges fencing with tide, knit the shores you step between. Friends fall through, chase geographical cures, and send you emails from other decades. Remember the rainforest endowed to transplant research? Remember the elementary school that sank into the water table, nothing left but the monkey bars, scrap metal pushing out of the earth like bones in an elephant graveyard? Remember the one among us who drowned between the bridges? It was dusk, there was no sound that night, the temperate month-long fog, climate controlled to the drag of our blood. Remember his voice swirling under the rock shelf boundary of knowing. Your first teenage lover, waits for weeks before writing you back. If you think you hate Vancouver, you probably just hate yourself. <laughs> I thought I'd open with that one. You know, set the tone. It's called Vancouver for Beginners, but I might change the name to Vancouver for Haters. There's still time, right? You know, okay. The second poem is called Forest Fire Season. Today the city lies on its back, its stomach bled out. Buildings hang upside down. Windows plate the harbor. Trees send roots upward 
thirsting for chemical reservoir. Bridges dangle from the inlet's dark wrists. This morning, the city tilts its head in a heat dream blown in from the other side. Crazy eye sun bores a hole through orange fog. The city lies on its back on a new bed this morning, dreams itself in the bay lit up with pickled afterbirth. Every sunset color in the new alien dust cloud descended. The city lies on its back on the old thinking cool of the channel. What's underneath is forced upward and flips, houses inverted under the, under the nuclear lid. August, a lung suspended in a yellow cloud chamber, yellow so listless you could stare into it forever and never go blind. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice when audiences uh, clap after every poem, but you don't need to, it's okay. <laughs> this one is a short one, it's called Clock. And some of, the, some of the poems are about the climate catastrophe, so this one kind of goes with the previous one. Clock. In the center of Vancouver, a house built of fish bones and compasses. People visit the house to hear news from the future. Water pours into a basin in the center of the floor through a gap in the roof. Every few years, the caretaker turns the heat up a few degrees. Visitors buy compasses made of salt and drop them into the ocean. Vancouver is sinking. Rainforest paradise. Now that there is no weather, there are only trends. Roots knit an urban basket. This was all forest way back when. Old growth towers, glass swan spines, public parks in buckets line the curbs for pickup, recycling, recycling mecca whose residents eat comp compost with full cream and push people from rooftop gardens into moss that flows from the lips of dumpsters, ocean dreaming in the background, mountains offering shadows to lean into, a sheltered city pillaged for bed frames. The forest's understory inhales, creaks shout from the manholes. On public transit, a wave sounds meditation CD has been playing on loop for 180 years. Born into this misty static, residents swing axes at each other's ankles and fall like saplings into Taiwan-bound barges and post-industrial wet dreams into hammocks knit from cedar. Hydroponic lovers nest in shore phone booths. A bulldozer uncurls its sleepy head and splits the street open with an egg tooth. At night, raccoons patrol the valleys and alleyways with the cops. Obligatory ravens swing wing to wing down the wires, and a man pushes a shopping cart full of huckleberry plants, salal, and prehistoric ferns towards the bottle depot. On his off nights, he is a flamethrower. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to read one more. This one is called The Postcard Artist. Walking alone one night in Gastown, I am confronted by a man selling his paintings on the sidewalk. They are, when I look more closely, embellishments of standard Vancouver postcards. He's drawn faces, wings, and sprawling tendrils over the cliched images of my hometown dealt to tourists like joker cards, and he's selling them for 20 bucks each. Are you kidding me, I say? And he shrugs and laughs, indicates with a sweep of his hand how many he's sold to tourists today. I pick one up and scrutinize it. City Hall, the huge statue of an explorer or mayor out front. The artist has carefully glued an outsized raven's head where the man's head used to be. A grotesque transformer poised, and the edges of the card rubbed in with hot pink highlighter, like a Martian forest fire, a supernova, or the irradiated presence of a ghost. In another postcard, a woman's form is sketched into English Bay, 
the oil tankers crowded in her belly, her eyes shining with black diamond luck. In another, salmon clamber up and down the cherry blossom trees, and in twilight, their bones are whittled silver. On impulse, I buy them all, his whole stock. What do I get from you, he says. What good are you for this city? The next night, I go back and give him some of my stories. A writer, he laughs, fiddling while Rome burns. Thank you. Next up is Savannah Erasmus. She's a Cree Métis woman from the Kikano Métis settlement and a self-described baby comic, plus storyteller who co-hosts slash co-produces Millennial Line with your dear friend, Tin Lorica. Here's Savannah. Hello, I'm Savannah. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, Happy Pride Month, first of all. Yes. And it's also uh, Indigenous Peoples Month. Yes. And I am Indigenous. um, And as I look out into the crowd tonight, um, I can tell that we're all here for one reason, um, because you're all addicted to me. (laughs) You're all obsessed with me, and I don't blame you. Um, I have really nice eyebrows, and I have really nice skin. Um, I know that because a white woman once asked me if she could have my skin. (laughs) That's a true story. (laughs) Yeah, um, so I have become very confident, um, and I blame my mother because She was a very strong uh, Cree woman, and she raised me to be incredibly confident uh, in myself and in my culture. Um, So she really raised my ego. um, And, you know, when she says, like, really nice things to me and compliments me, I always have to, it's always, like, in the back of my head. I'm like, Mom, wait a second. You're a fan of Nickelback. (laughs) So I have to remember that none of any, nothing she says is true. <laughs> she has very bad judgment. Um, the truth is, is that I wasn't always um, confident in myself or in my culture. Five years ago, um, I read Lee Miracle's book, I Am Woman, which is an indigenous perspective on feminism. And she is a very famous indigenous author. And in her book, I Am Woman, she writes, the result of colonization is the internalization of the need to be invisible. The result of colonization is the internalization of the need to be invisible. When I was a young indigenous girl, I was raised and told by society that I was invisible, that I should be small, that I should be quiet, and that my dreams were too big. I remember in grade five, I wasn't allowed to be in the talent show because on the reserve, the white teachers said that I was too bossy. But all I was trying to do was arrange six 10-year-olds to perform a beautiful and inspiring dance, and that is impossible. (laughs) I don't know if you know that, but it's impossible. (laughs) When I was 17, it was my last year of high school, and we had to meet with a career counselor at the end of the year to check in about where we were with our college applications um, and to figure out what we wanted to do with our life. And I remember I walked into my career counselor's office and I was very confident and I said, when I grow up, I am going to work at a major Canadian magazine and I'm gonna be on TV. And she looked at me and she said that that probably wasn't going to happen for me and that I should dream smaller, and maybe social work is right for me because I was really good with people. 
But earlier this year, I actually filmed my first comedy set, and it's going to be on TV. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, I filmed a comedy set, and it's going to air on APTN. And the day that I filmed, I called my cookum, which means grandma in my language, and I was like, cookum, I did it. I'm going to be on TV. And she asked, what channel? And I said, I'm going to be on APTN, which is Aboriginal People's Television Network, if you don't know. And she said, but Savannah, no one watches APTN. <laughs> That is a real story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so as an indigenous woman, I get a lot of awkward questions like, uh, where am I from? Um, and my answer to this question is always the same. Um, I'm a part of a new species here on Earth. <laughs> and we're actually going to outlive everyone in this room. I'm a vegan. Yes, I was a vegan for a long time, for two and a half years, but I'm not anymore. And I think that I was a vegan just to prove that I could afford to eat vegetables. <laughs> because when I was growing up, I was very poor and I couldn't afford to eat vegetables. Um, I grew up in the Kikino Metis settlement in Alberta, which is a very small community of uh, a thousand people, and there was no Tim Hortons, there's no Canadian Tire, there's no McDonald's, there's no Walmart, there's no markers of like typical small town Canada. Um, but the one thing I did have to connect me to modern society um, was Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, so I'm just here to tell you all today that it is literally easier to buy weed in this town than it is to find a Taco Bell. <laughs> like, I don't want Indica, I just want a Crunchwrap Supreme <laughs> with extra fire sauce. <laughs> yeah, the closest Taco Bell is in Delta. I don't drive. This is a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I was growing up, I also didn't see anyone on screen that looked like me. Um, the closest version of a role model uh, was Pocahontas. So I think that's why I only date white guys. Yeah, that's a true story. Like, if you know me personally, you know that my, I have a very specific type. It is um, tall white guy that currently is wearing or has ever worn a polo shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. Um, I dated uh, a white guy for five years. And, um, did, okay, <laughs> don't, don't cheer for that. <laughs> um, we actually broke up. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not in a good place right now. Um, and I know that I'm not in a good place right now because I, um, I saw the quote, live, laugh, love. And I was like, wow, that's so inspirational. <laughs> we really have to love, and we really have to live, and we really have to laugh. <laughs> yeah, and then I bought a four-pack of empty notebooks with inspirational quotes like, live your dream. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not in a good place right now. <laughs> Um, after five years, um, we did break up, and the hardest part about this breakup is um, the loss of our shared vacuum cleaner. The hundred percent real. It, we I, we had a really nice vacuum cleaner. It was a meal, which is like adjacent to like a Dyson. <laughs> Same quality, pretty expensive. Yeah, so when we broke up, um, he was like, you know, you can still be friends with the vacuum. And I just keep thinking to myself, but what if I want a vacuum at 3.30 in the morning and the vacuum's not there? 
Or what if that was the nicest vacuum I'm ever going to have? Like, no other vacuum is going to love me like that vacuum loved me. And now just like think to yourself, just like replace the word vacuum with boyfriend and that's like really funny what I just said. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, when I broke up with him, I thought it was like, cause I, I broke up with him. Um, it was really sad. It was like, cause you still like love that person. You want the best for them and all of those things. Um, and it was really emotional, heartbreaking. Um, and I thought it was going to be the hardest day of my life, but actually the hardest day of my life, um, was yesterday when I tried to find a Taco Bell. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Our final performer of the evening was Tarek Hussein. He's a Juno-nominated songwriter and recording artist with a music career that spans over two decades. He's also a member of the critically acclaimed Vancouver band Barastronaut. The songs on Tarek's latest solo offering feel a bit like short stories, hence the title Telegrams, which came out in 2019. They're brief glimpses into fictional lives. Tarek is also a non-fiction writer and his essays on songcraft have appeared in The Walrus. He's currently working on a memoir about growing up as a first-generation Canadian kid who dreams of playing in a rock and roll band. Here's Tarek. Hey everybody. The night's burning off like a candle While we're out here collecting stars You keep calling out, oh, I saw another one fall But I haven't seen anything falling so far But when I do, I'll be certain to tell you Until then I Keeping your name safe behind this cracked bullseye window. Sometimes at night it lets in the rain. Sometimes it lets in the rain. While your mother recites from a prayer book. I learned of your mysteries there On a blanket of leaves in a forest As pieces of sunlight fell out of your hair And then you took out your smoking tobacco You said this kind's not so bad for your health as I study the arc of your fingers Rolling up paper To the shape of a barrel Yeah, paper in the shape of a barrel For so long, you fake Heart-shaped necklace You said as you blew in your hair Before you threw it into the ocean, you said I, you said I could be your man, you said I, you said I could be your man.
through a patch of light And the black cat stared into my soul And out past the farm to a burned out barn The babies cried out from their satellite burrows And the last thing he said resembled a prayer you took off your clothes and you cut off your hair and I'm still not sure what's really up there but sometimes I like to pretend like I know sometimes we pretend like we know Thank you, thank you. Thought I'd do that one. It's kind of like um, a summer feeling song. Is everyone feeling good about there? It's summer. It's summer. I went for a walk last night and it was like, I feel like it was like 10.30 and it was still light out. That's a pretty beautiful thing. And I try not to look at the, the, um, the downside of it, meaning that from Moving forward, all the days are actually getting shorter. Try to be a glass half full kind of person, I think. Um, okay, I'll play a, another one here from, which is sort of, a, a, I feel like a summer song too. forgot my harmonica and it's over there you know that performance it's in like my gray it's my gray bag on the uh, <laughs> you can go into my gray bag Leah I, don't, I think Leah you're there right it, can you throw the, I think the harmonica is you'll see like a, a like a, a headgear thing and then the harmonica if you can't find it don't worry about it it's not a big deal It's not like critical. Oh yeah, just uh, that's smart. It's like just bring the whole thing. Here we go. This is called um, Light of the Moon. It is summer. Bride of the summer, come and meet me outside. In this precious moment, there is nowhere to hide. And your mama won't like it, but she's fast asleep in her room. Let's drive for a while without headlights by the light of the moon. Drive through the shadows and we'll drive to the sea. Slide over, baby, it was meant to be. With the wind in your hair, we go flying down Garrison Road. And your hands are like wings when you hold me. You lie to my load. I once was a soldier and I 
travel the shore But I fought more battles inside me than war And when I was a child Heaven always seemed so much higher And now the eyes of the angels are birds On telephone wire Signs of the night turning day, the sky is on fire, and I see St. Christopher rolling and rolling away, rolling and rolling and rolling away, rolling and rolling and rolling away, rolling and rolling and rolling away. Of the summer, come and meet me outside in this precious moment. There is nowhere to hide, and your mama won't like it. But she's fast asleep in her room. Let's drive for a while without headlights by the light of the moon. Let's drive for a while without headlights by the light of the moon. I'll do uh, I'll do one more song for you, um, maybe in keeping with the summer theme. I actually um, got to do a make a music video for this song in which I get to skateboard around Vancouver. Uh, it's actually a remote control skateboard. Anybody ever ridden a remote? Any riders of remote control skateboards out here? Oh yeah, pretty fun, pretty fun. Uh, I cheated a little bit. I cheated a little bit. I sat down the whole time I was writing it. But anyway, that was part of the fun, I guess. So this is called The Walking Dead. And uh, thanks to, uh, to everyone, uh, to, for, for all of you guys for coming and, and uh, for Cole for organizing this and for, for the Lido and for Matt for doing uh, sound and all the excellent performers here. That's fantastic. Gets me high and old love can't say goodbye. Oh, 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 I can't say goodbye. Oh, 
love is always late so i always hang around and wait just to burn down the minutes on my cigarette in this parking lot when there's no one left to sing to asking what's new and I don't know what to do with questions I don't have the answers to Without you, people keep on asking what's new. I don't know what to do with questions. I don't have the answers to. Oh, love, there's nothing under the bed. So don't be afraid of the walking dead. I saved your movies on old cassettes called VHS so I won't forget you. Oh, so I won't forget you. So I won't forget you. Forget you, no, oh, no, oh, no. So I won't forget you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks again to all the performers, Michael and the Slumberland Band, Lido for having us, Matt Crisco for recording us, CITR for playing us, and you, dear listener, for listening. We'll leave you with Michael and the Slumberland Band's New Brighter Age. The teeming restlessness of human's greatest gift can never satisfy that hollowness inside so we draw up better ways to tame those boiling bays brand new sparkling eyes for us
You've been listening to Fine on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory at the University of British Columbia.